now proudly presented on SNME, that Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. Got a hustle on the own time. Color people every port side. We just people- Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George McKay, back here again on a very late, cold, snowy Saturday night here in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. And we are discussing Kings of Coliseum. That's right. We just finished watching it. We were literally recording it minutes after the show went off the air. And as you know, I never do this alone. I always do this with my PIC, the one and only Uncle Bobby B. Oh, what's up? It's, it's late. I'm tired. It's late, what's man. going on? It's uh, it was a good show though. It kept us kept us engaged. I definitely did not fall asleep. So, considering how tired I am, that's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a fantastic show. And let's not waste any time. Let's get into the action. Discuss our thoughts and everything. First match to kick off tonight was that six man action we were talking about. Wasted you, Dylan McKay, Marcus Mathers, and Alec Price. Versing Griffin McCoy, TJ Crawford, and the leader, Tony Deppin. And uh, the winner was Wasted Youth and Price via Price's 450. And it was pitcher perfect. But this match was incredible. Uh, Wasted Youth and Alec Price coming out in Muddy Duck jerseys. Classic from the movie. Not the Anaheim Muddy Ducks, the Minnesota. Ducks fly together. Muddy Ducks, okay. Yes, Emilio Estevez, you know, he tipped his hat to me, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Great movie. Great childhood movie for people born in our generation. Uh, Still holds up now, actually. The first one. Second one and third one, eh, but the first one. First one was great. Uh, but I enjoyed this match thoroughly. I enjoyed everything they brought to the table. Uh, McCoy and Crawford looked good as a unit. Uh, Deppin looked good as a leader, which we've already talked about his leadership skills to no end. And uh, Wasted Youth, though, still undefeated in MLW, and I don't see this slowing down. They are now officially the number one contenders for the next match on the card, where we will get to shortly a couple more matches down the card, sorry. But all in all, I enjoyed this one. It was a great way to kick it off, smart way to kick it off, bring in the young guns, let them hype up the crowd, and keep the momentum going. Uh, Rob, what do you got? Yeah, we, we kind of speculated this might be the first match on the card, and it was, and what a banger. What a way to start it off. They kept us all entertained, and we were uh, just trying to keep up with the action. It was all over the place, a lot of tandem maneuvers, high energy, uh, high speed, incredible timing from these guys. Uh, just everybody in the match looked great. It was a solid start to the show. Uh, like you said, Alec Price with that 450 to take the win. And boy, does that kid have energy. Like, I, I got tired just watching him do his entrance. So. Yeah, man. He was stomping, like, literally stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. And there was nobody stomping into. He was stomping into the mat. It was incredible. Yeah, it was it was great. Solid match. Just started off. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right. Next uh, match wasn't actually a match. Sorry. My apologies. It was a little backstage vignette. Uh, Zeta, who apparently is the new backstage correspondent, or at least the backstage correspondent for WTF. Uh, she's trying to get a word with Alex Kane. Uh, Thomas comes out, <laughs> looks left, looks right, and says... Smells like Hawaii Island. Smells like Hawaii Island. Oh, hey, Zeta. And uh, yeah, that was... Uh, she asks nicely for an inside scoop. And Thomas says, you know, ask me nicer. She says, please. And Alex Kane appears. And Alex Kane says, you know, I'm busy. I don't got time for you. He says, I am going to give you the inside scoop. And he literally talks shit about every member of WTF. Richard Holiday, St. Laurent, Bishop, Lawler, yada, yada, yada. And Zeta is just left speechless and running for the hills based off Alex Kane's numerous uses of course language against everything WTF. This segment was enjoyable. Um, You know, for 20 years old, they're throwing her into the spotlight very early. And I feel like she's picking up the ball and running with it. You know, there's going to be some stumbling blocks, going to be some learning curves. But all in all, I feel like she's really taken the ball and ran with every opportunity that MLW's given her. I, I can't hate on Zeta. I really can't. No, no. For 20 years old to be to be given that kind of opportunity, 
is is tremendous. And like you said, you you got to grasp those opportunities when you get them, especially in this business. Uh, you got to show what you can do, and that's how you're going to keep getting work in the future. So good on her, and uh, she seems to be making progress in terms of just getting more comfortable on camera, more comfortable with uh, talking to the camera, being on the microphone, that sort of thing. Yeah, confidence is definitely picking up for sure. And uh, that led us into our next match, which was the women's featherweight title match. Uh, Janai Kai with Selena De La Renta versus Hyper Missile. And uh, the winner via submission was Janai, but we were right. We were right. We talked about Masai being the one person who might be able to take her to the limit. And there was no shortage of almost falls. Definitely. No shortage. Janai's biggest test. Biggest test. But you know what? She stood tall. And I was right. There was a weapon used. But it came out of Masai's trunks. And she seemed to be wrestling the whole match with it. And she actually sprayed Selena. And was able to get the... the, Janai had to actually get the win cleanly. Yeah. Cleanly. So it actually was impressive. Uh, Selena did try to pull something. She had like powder or something in it, her pocket. It was, it's a cold spray. No, but she had powder. I thought she had like a white powder. Oh, no. I thought she pulled out the spray, but Hyper Masao pulled out the spray fast. She was on the quicker on the draw. They both had the same thing. Did they both have spray? But, but Masao okay. got her faster. Yeah. So she had the spray in her pocket. See, now if she had, see again, this was her fault. She didn't have the fanny pack. If she had the fanny pack, it would have been quick on the draw. Yeah. She had it in a pocket. She was fumbling, trying to get up to the ropes. Selena, she. Selena fucked up. Selena fucked Selena, if you think about it. Selena screwed Selena. Well, I mean, but shout out to Hyper Missile for the first uh, bicycle-assisted clothesline I've ever seen. That was that was pretty fun. Well, it was a performance enhancer. Absolutely. Matt Stryker was right. It did enhance the speed of the clothesline, uh, for sure. It, it's not an illegal use. It was not a foreign object. It did. It was performance enhancing, though. But, that, there was a little bit more stank it, on the it, clothesline. It's just like, you know, the samurai back in the day. Like, the, the katana sword was a, was a drawing weapon. Like, you would draw it out and slash forward. But they would do that on a horse. So if you got a katana coming at you on a horse that's going, I don't know, 35 miles an hour. Yeah, you're going to get cut right now. That's it's the same principle. It, it is a performance enhancer. Striker was not wrong. Not wrong. Absolutely. Not a foreign object, though. Performance enhancer. No, performance enhancer. But great match. I mean, aside from the, the comedy spot, which the bike around the ring was funny, uh, these two girls went at it. There was no, actually, there was a vicious crossbody in the early stages of the match from Hyper, and she laid out Janai. <laughs> But Janai got her back with some wicked kicks, and Janai does not hold back. And I believe these two ladies probably had a discussion beforehand, because Janai, no stranger to Japanese wrestling. She's gone over to Japan for a few tours, and she knows how to handle herself over there. So facing Hyper Masao, I believe this was the first time they've ever faced each other, at least in North America. But there was no shortage. These two ladies hit each other with everything they had. And Janai coming out with the uh, submission victory. you got to be impressed with Janai, man. She keeps rolling. The title defenses keep racking up. And she's showing exactly why she is. She is the best pure featherweight champion we've had in this young divisions run. There have been three champions, but I believe she is the best all round, well-rounded featherweight champion that MLW has ever presented to the fans. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was, it was a fun match. Uh, I hope to see more uh, people coming over from Tokyo Joshi. It's, it's great. They got a lot of talent over there. Let's bring them over. Absolutely. I mean, and the Forbidden Door has been revolving very well through MLW. They've been bringing in a lot of overseas talent, and we've been seeing some incredible dream matches. We've also seen some returning champions, right? I mean, we got the uh, the leader of the Bread Club. That last pay-per-view, that was epic. It was epic. Satoshi Kojima. And right. he's coming back. He'll be back, so... Absolutely. We'll get into that a little bit later. No spoilers ahead right now. I mean, also, if you are watching and we're spoiling, <clears throat> sorry, sorry. You, we should watch the event yeah. before you watch us. Yeah. Just say. All right, next match on the card is that World Tag Team title match. Second Gear Crew, Manders, Justice versus WTF, Josh Bishop, Tom Lawler, 
of course, was Salem Raw. Now, um, this was a wild one. There was uh, a couple of different construction projects that were happening during this match. And we weren't really sure what was going to go down in terms of how this construction project was going to unveil itself. Every time they got the thing leveled, somebody would hit somebody with a clothesline and it would just crumble it down. It just wasn't to be. It was like Jenga. It really was. It was like a bad Jenga. And um, eventually, though, we did get to see Matt Justice putting the biggest man in the fight in terms of height, Josh Bishop, through a couple of tables for the one, two, three. So SGC did retain, not without the interference of Zeta, who got an absolute wicked clothesline from hell from Manders. He folded her in half. St. Laurent actually carried her to the back. She did not return, but she looked definitely worse for the wear. Were I ever positive that her head came this close to one of the doors that was on it was, the mat? I, I watched the replay. It was close, but not... She didn't hit it. She didn't hit it, but it looked just because it happened so fast. It looked she folded six inches over, and she would have clipped the corner, and that would have been nasty. But you know what? She she took it. So, well, and we, we've talked about to no end about the density that is Manders. So when that man is hitting you with a clothesline, it's dense. It's de he's pushing maximum density. If he catches you with one of those arms, that's like getting hit with a side of beef, literally a side of beef. But this match was fun. It was a typical SGC brawl. It was a typical WTF trying to get the underhanded victory. And even at the end of the match, SGC didn't have time to celebrate because Bishop attacked them with one of the doors that he did not go through. He went through two out of three doors, but not the third one. But he still ended up attacking them. And you could tell that this fight, this battle, this beat between SGC and WTF, it is far, far from, from over. Absolutely. But all in all, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was yeah, great. I thought it was I thought it was great. SGC retained and you know, it's it's ongoing ongoing tension between these two groups. They're going to keep going at it. Then and... I, I see I see War Chamber happening in the future for these guys if they keep this feud going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's going to be SGC, Good Brother Three, maybe bringing in a couple of the other SGC boys. Second Gear Crew is pretty big, and they've got some they got some favors they can call in if they've they want. Got, to. They've got a few people that uh, they could call in. Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, next match on the card, uh, impromptu. I don't believe it was supposed to happen this early in the card, but I think Akira just got tired of waiting. And he comes out as the ring crew is still clearing up the SGC and WTF match. And he tells Ricky, I'm not waiting. Get your ass out here. Let's do this. I flew all the way from Japan. Get your get your ass. It's going down now. And Ricky comes out. And this one was exactly what we expected. It was blood. It was carnage. It was vicious. Both these guys were covered in each other's blood and their own blood by the end of this match. Ricky with a senton through a plate of glass with Akira underneath it. So Akira was not on the plate of glass because he probably would, his weight would have buckled that because he was dead weight at yeah, this point. No. And Ricky also vicious, sadistic fuck that Ricky, uh, Ricky Shane Page is the bucket of the shards that I guess they dipped their hands in before the match began. He had one of the gas mat scoots bring it out and he poured that on Akira before doing the senton. So it was wow. So much. Blood so much God. blood. Uh, but Akira stood tall, and he was actually this close to ending Ricky's open weight reign. And then the Death Machine, Sammy Callahan, comes out to spoil the party. And when you think of the Death Machine, you always think of him either being the leader of a faction or him just being out there for himself to spoil the party. Well, somehow he's joined forces with Ricky Shane Page, and he is now, I guess, the newest member of the calling. He's still doing things his own way. But now he's in the calling. And if him and Ricky Shane Page are in some kind of an alignment or an allegiance, MLW, the whole roster is now unnoticed. None of you are safe with these two and their ridiculously weird thought process of violence that they could do to the human body. 
Akira, though, got a standing O from the crowd. Hell of a fight. Hell of a match. These two tore it down. Uh, Ricky Shane Page still the open weight title via the interference from Sammy Callahan and the distraction causing Akira to lose. But all in all, this match was hands down probably my second favorite match in the car just in terms of enjoyment ability. Not to say that any other match, all these matches were incredible, but this one and that six man really stood out to me This at this point in the card. Every match was great, but at this point in the card, those two matches stood out to me for sure. Rob, what do you got? I'm not a big death match guy. I appreciate it. It's it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. and I don't d- disparage anybody who likes it. This is definitely the bloodiest match I've seen in MLW ever. It's one of the bloody I've seen. To be honest, it's one of the bloodiest matches I've seen in some time, anyways. Yeah, uh, just and and I know, like, believe me, I'm I'm part of certain Facebook groups. I know exactly what goes down in the deathmatch community. I, I understand. <laughs> uh, this, so this isn't like anything that crazy when when you're talking, you know, in that arena of of deathmatching. Well, especially where they were, they were paying homage to some of the greatest, For bloodiest sure. matches that have ever happened. For sure. So yeah, yeah just the. the, the sadistic is probably the best way to put it just so like much that. class and like ricky you know ricky's not one to really shout when he's in pain so the fact that he did shout was either he was really selling it or he was like damn i got I, my back is fucking hurting right now because i've seen ricky get a kenzon pulled out of his head without even barely flinching so this was pretty wild uh probably not my favorite match on the card because it was just a, a lot of blood and death ish stuff but it was still solid i didn't dislike it let's put it that way absolutely death ish i like that death ish death ish yeah that's so guys next time you're gonna book a death ish type of match i'll rob be a commentator for the death ish type of match speaking of matches that were out of the box and a little bit unorthodox love is blind ladies and gentlemen it is blind it is one of the oldest sayings it is oldest time and tonight brett ryan goslin and love doug were blindfolded and much like in the prediction show i called it uh, Brett Ryan Gosling was able to remove his mask briefly, put some brass knucks on, give Love Doug a knock, and he would have won the match, but it didn't happen. No, no, because Love Doug rolled out of the ring, and Gosling couldn't find him, could not find him. At one point, tried to attack the ref, and the ref had to yell and scream at him and be like, you know who I am? I'm the ref. You do not touch me. And at this point, Love Doug, with an absolute sweet DDT, rolls back in the ring, hits Gosling for the one, two, three. He gets the victory... And he also gets flowers from an admirer in the crowd. So Love Doug gaining his own admirers. Once an admirer of Becca has now gained his own admirers. So it's pretty cool. Um, This feud, though, I don't see it being far from over because Gosling is going to somehow spin this and say it was luck. It was luck. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, Doug got the win. What incentive is there for him to, to face this guy again? He needs. He needs. Did he a really Becca get? Did he really? Incentive. Did he? Yeah, I, I think there will be a Becca incentive. But did, I mean, do you feel like he inflicted enough? I mean, they they spent five minutes of a six minute match trying to find each other. Yeah, yeah. Just like in love, it's often a challenge to find your person. You know what I mean? Well, it is. It is. It is. People spend a lifetime trying to find each other. Ladies and gentlemen, it is late when Uncle Bobby Bean starts quoting fortune cookies. So we're just going to keep this moving right along. All right, it was time for the MLW World Heavyweight title match, which means that I was semi-correct in the way I had the match card lined up. Jacob Fatu and Matt Riddle would be one half of the main event. Uh, I thought the Taipei death match would close the show just based on how much blood and glass would be around the arena, but they had enough time to uh, clear it up. So uh, Alex Kane with Mr. Thomas, Richard Holiday with St. Laurent, 
And this match was everything that you knew it was going to be. And even with the interference of WTF, Alex Kane hit Holiday with the fade to black. And the Bumaye movement continues. Kane now holds the most chokeout victories, victories, excuse me, of all MLW world champions. So that, excuse me again, that's an impressive accolade. And shout out to Alex Kane, man. He keeps rolling along. And he keeps just proving why he is one of the most dominant champions in MLW's modern run. Flat out. They had us believe in Richard Holiday was going to take it. The way this match was unfolding, you're like, oh, he's got it. He's got it. I mean, Alex Kane looked like he was out, but he managed to pull it out. High spot of the match for me, that 2008 off the top, the Super 2008, looked incredible. That, th- those kind of moves where, you know, you got to, both guys got a twist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to really be in sync or you can land sideways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look really good. Alex landed square on his back. They both twisted the exact same time. It looked fantastic. Uh, just the match was really enjoyable. Exactly what you expect from a match with both of these guys. A lot of back and forth, a lot of drama. But at the end of the day, the Bumaye Fight Club is a movement. It is an organic grassroots movement that grew out of nothing. And it is like a freight train now that is plowing through your town and it is unstoppable. Absolutely. With a couple spit, pit stops here, there at Suplex and Hawaii Island. Yeah, yeah, that's... You can't see it, but I'm wearing the Alex Kane shirt. Humility is for hosts. I'm wearing it in honor of Alex Kane. All right. Um, yeah, I will agree with everything that Don't Rob said. Don't describe yourself as humble. I am humble. Humility is for hosts, you know. Yeah, I know. I am a humble guy, but maybe today I'm not very humble. Today I'm recognizing that everyone around me is a humble hole, not myself. I know. <laughs> no humility over you. Well, you t- yeah, okay. You notice how he said no humility, but he didn't say anything about the whole part. All right. Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone. But guys, this match was uh everything like Rob said, and the high spot of the match for me was Alex Kane, Josh Bishop with a wicked razor's edge through a table, and I thought Kane was out, folded in half, done. But they rolled him back in, and two point nine out of that three, he kicked out, and you just knew that this crowd was behind him. And this crowd was, and the best was Richard Holiday at the beginning of the match. Also another notable mention, kiss my boo, my ass, kiss my boo, my ass. So uh, Richard Holiday doing what he does best, but WTF has thrown big names at Alex Kane and he's knocked them all down. Everything that Alex Kane has said, he's prophesized. And this was a man who just came off 109 degree fever. So, you know, 100 points, not too shabby at all. Uh, right before we get to our main event, which is Patu and Riddle, uh, Kojima, he's back and he's announced as Alex Kane's next opponent for February 3rd's event, Super Fight. And uh, Sammy Callahan, he's not too happy with that. He came out, uh, said Kojima's bitch, uh, throwing out bagels mm-hmm. in the hallowed halls of the 2300 arena. And Kojima doesn't take kindly to being called a bitch. So he and Sammy trade shots before it is announced that officially. At Reloaded, their next free event, January 20th, Sammy and Kojima will face each other for the number one contendership for February 3rd's event for Super Fight. So who knows right now who Alex Kane is going to face. Only after that match will we know who the next contender is for Alex Kane's World Heavyweight Championship. And also Rocky and Selena visibly upset because earlier on the show, Mystico was announced that he is coming to MLW. And uh, they decide that he's going to face Aveto at Super Fight. So Mystico coming at Superfight, and he will face Promosios Dorados Avedo, who, uh, again, is from CMLL. If you don't know him, look him up. But he's uh, pretty legendary over there, and I think this will be a great match. 
uh, to see these two luchadors going at each other. And now it is time for the main event of the evening. Jacob Atu, Matt Riddle. Wow. Yeah, this was great. I this, mean, this was a this was a 10 star match uh, all around. Uh, sorry, actually, I, I interrupted. I cut you off. My apologies. Go ahead. No, no, it's just like really, they, it, Matt Riddle's a, an MMA fighter. You know, he came from MMA, went to pro wrestling after he was released from UFC, which dumb reason too. And Jacob Fatu is a guy who came up in a rough street. You know what I mean? And had to learn how to stand up for himself at a pretty young age. These guys are both fighters, but they came from different different avenues to get to the same path. And when they collided, it was magnificent. It was a lot of strikes, a lot of hard hitting, a lot of suplexes, back and forth. A bro off. A bro off. Yeah, like, like, ooze bro, ooze bro. It was great. It was everything I wanted a wrestling match. A little bit of laughs, a little bit of, you know, violence. A little bit of disrespect while the match was happening, but nothing but respect after the match was done. Right. So these two dream match scenario, Riddle wins by submission after attempting a few submissions on Fatou. So you want to talk about Jacob Fatou being a pillar of MLW. He took a few different variations of the triangle before actually tapping out. And Riddle, when he sits that last submission in, like there was no fucks given. He's like, I'm going to break this dude's neck. He went He went for a, a triangle choke. He went for a, an arm triangle choke. He did a rear naked choke. Like he was, he was like, I got to cut off this motherfucker's air supply. Sleeper. All building up to the uh, what was the final submission? It was like a uh, I almost feel like it was a reverse like, crossface, like a Fujiwara, like, maybe Fujiwara crossface. It was kind of like a mixture of both. I don't know, it was impressive, yeah. As hell. It was like a Fujiwara ish, yeah. I don't know what the name for it, it was but... impressive as hell, but Riddle barely able to get that submission. And Fatu, the power of this man is undeniable. Three different power bomb, uh, power bombs to cause breaks on the submissions, uh inverted Samoan drop to cause another break on the submission. Like, Fantastic. Fatu is just proving how good he is. And if you're sleeping on MLW still after all this time, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yo, man, you know, you know what sucks though? Like I, I would love to see Jacob Fatu mm. go to like Japan and work like Shingo Takagi. You know what I mean? Or something like, like just, oh, there's so many great matches. It could be Alex Kane too, for that matter. Can't I would not. Tell you. I would not mind seeing Alex Kane uh, going at the Rainmaker, man. Like that would be fire. Oh, there's there. You know what? Like, yeah, and as good as Okada is, there's so many wrestlers in Japan that that would have great matches with Kane. But anyways, Alex, that's a conversation. Alex for Kane time. and Shinsuke Nakamura, like there that would go. be fucking fire. Conversation for another time because that wraps up our uh, our rewind. But he's so tired. He wants to get Kings the fuck of out of here. He doesn't want to, doesn't want to carry oh, the debate I, much. I don't again. want to carry the podcast anymore. You're right. Oh, he's so mad. I'm going to hear about this as soon as we go off air. Even though it was a joke, he's going to be so mad at me now. I can see it in his eyes. He's like, all right, guys. Well, that's it for this one. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to check out all the links below to subscribe. Follow us on the socials. And uh, don't forget to check us out every Thursday. And um, next week, there'll be a solo podcast. No, it's all good. Honestly, truly, you don't. You can gloat all you want. You can gloat all you want, but I. The factual information is that I've a carry design developed everything that is this show. So, it's all me. This is all George. Okay, all the time. Anyways, guys, peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you for our reloaded fallout. Our reloaded rewind. Yes, our reloaded rewind, January twentieth, and then obviously super fight February third, and any fusions that fall in between. 
But right now they're picking up steam with two events every, looks like every week, every two weeks for the next two months anyways, uh, leading up until uh, May is the next event they announced after. So I'm not sure if there's going to be a hiatus well, between March and May, but right now they're cooking on all cylinders and it's great to see. You notice what that May event was? Mm -hmm. Azteca? Yeah. They're so maybe in between that hiatus, we're going to get some Azteca Lucha again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be it because uh, as we know, CD disappeared but there have been little easter eggs planted in selena's way so that feud is no far from being over it'll become azteca fusion yeah azteca fusion azteca promotions dorado i don't know what they're gonna do it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be absolutely crazy but guys peace love and wrestling i will see you next week Adios. We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. Got a hustle on the own time. Color people that be port side. We just people from.